0: It's the Bible Rundown, day 108. We are in 2 Samuel 3 through 5. Rob, we talked about Abner is is a complicated character. Uh, He was sided with Saul, the commander of his army. But now we get into chapter three and we're maybe figuring out that his allegiance isn't entirely with Saul anymore. What's going on with Abner?
1: Abner's an interesting character because uh, he's dude he's definitely a dude man he's he's definitely uh, a warrior um, but <clears throat> Abner, it's interesting that Abner here joab and Abner, this battle between warriors mm-hmm. and obviously Abner has killed Joab's brother, and yet David is trying to um, you know, come to an agreement with Abner and it doesn't work out for Abner. Um, I don't know that, you know, obviously it's the Lord's plan to kind of end that, that, that term with, um, Saul and his rulers and his kings and his, his sons after him. So I think Abner, uh, you know, unfortunately dies, but, at the hands of joab and david gives him a curse pretty strong curse
0: at the end of this yeah what do you think well and let's come back to it because we were talking about this before we started podcasting the shame honor culture that is very much prevalent here and then we see the murder of ishbosheth by the sons of rimon the barathite and uh ishbosheth was the Surviving son of Saul, who for we're told earlier, and I think it yeah. was chapter two, was on the throne for two years. Who Abner goes against, right, to try and unify the kingdom under David, and so Ishbosheth fears for his life, kind of withdraws. But then these two sons sneak up on Ishbosheth and, while he's sleeping innocently, kill him right. and chop off his head. Right. And then we have this account where they come, bring the head to David to prove ish is dead. The kingdom is now fully aligned with David. And David has the same reaction he did with the young Amalekite that said he killed Saul. He, he dishonors them not only by having them killed, but by chopping off their hands and their feet and hanging them besides the pool at Hebron. Mm. So kind of twofold is were the acts that David did against both uh, Joab and these two sons? Were they righteous acts in God's eyes? Or how do we kind of wrestle with the punishment that David takes out?
1: Yeah, so, you know, one of the things that we understand is is that David is not to build a house because there's blood on his hands. And um, I think we have to understand... Uh, that there is there is wrath and judgment upon wickedness and mm-hmm. sin, and uh, that is in the nature and character of God. But in also in all of that, we also see, have seen David withhold the judgment and wrath of God upon God's anointed Saul. So yeah. we've seen all these things take place. I I think um, you know. Obviously, if Abner was arguing abner <clears throat> or if if uh Joab, Joab was arguing, he would say, "Well, he killed my brother, you know, eye for eye, tooth for tooth and 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 I think David probably falls on the idea that it was in battle in war, exactly, and so now you're killing an innocent man, yep that's trying to make peace with us that's yeah. That's murder. So yeah. So I think I think in one argument there you have that, and then in the in this other argument, it's kind of like uh, the Amalekite who comes after Saul
0: mm-hmm.
1: and says, "Look what I did to the king of Israel, right. and you came against God's anointed." Ishbosheth is the same way.
0: David views him in the line of Saul. Mm-hmm. He would rather make peace than kill him. Yeah, it it brings to mind kind of what Peter writes about in First Peter four with the idea that if we're going to suffer as Christians, we suffer injustice because of the righteousness that we have. Mm -hmm. And I think David is really pointing us to that gospel principle. Mm -hmm. When you put your trust in the Lord, there will be at times things that you have to make the choice. Are you going to take matters in your own hands or trust that God is with you? But the shame-honor thing is interesting because like we talked about it before. He could have just had Joab put to death. But this curse... What is it going to exclude him from in his line from ever really being able to do if these curses really play out?
1: Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna exclude him from going into the temple because essentially of God. he's he's in he's, he's unclean man. he's unclean yeah. perpetually and yeah. so is his family
0: so I think if we look <laughs> at like this Old Testament shame honor culture it's it's bringing dishonor on David of what Joab mm. did so David brings dishonor on Joab and his family. And then the shame that Ishbosheth experienced in his death, David shames these two men. And it doesn't really make sense in our Western culture, but if you've ever had an opportunity to see an honor shame culture, you're going to hear these crazy stories of mercy killings or just things that, they, that, A, they don't have a place in God's word, but B, it's not the way that we think through our own system yeah. of justice. And, and I would think that this would relate to the gospel.
1: We can never be clean or cleansed, so we are always guilty. We always have brought God dishonor. In in the sight of God, we're never able to enter into His presence right. unless the blood of Christ covers us. And so in, in this case, He is considered unclean, unable to enter in, and those that do not have the blood of Jesus Christ covering them in the same way will not be able
0: to enter into the presence of God in eternity. And we receive honor through the <coughs> Son of God taking on our shame right. on Himself. So. Right. Then chapter 5, David's anointed king, we're told he reigns in Hebron, but then he's going to move to Jerusalem, and he's going to reign over both north and south, Israel and Judah for 33 years, 40 years total. But the Philistines come back, they hear that David's kingdom's been established, and we have this battle at baal Perazim, which means lord of breaking through Mm -hmm. any significance to once david's kingdom is established the enemy the seed of the serpent tries to come against it but the lord breaks through
1: yeah i would say one thing we, we didn't mention here is the the anointing we've been studying this a little bit and uh in the it's the almost like the affirmation that David is king, and so Israel. Even though God has anointed him, Mm -hmm. Samuel the prophet has anointed him. The people are Mm -hmm. affirming Mm -hmm. his kingship over them. It's an interesting idea, right? Like God anointing David as king, but then the people anointing David as king over them. Uh, You know, I think I think that uh, when we see the baptism of Christ. Uh, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. That is almost like the affirmation from God, the anointing of the king who is ruling and reigning. so it's very interesting all this the, these things that that take place here to represent the
0: anointing or the the ordination of the king. yeah, Coronation it's Coronation day. But we're not going to break out into song for Frozen. Yeah, I think the whole (coughs) Baal, Parazine, right? The Lord of breaking through. God is the God of salvation. He works on behalf of his people. Romans 8 has those beautiful promises, right? If our God is for us, who can be against us? We are more than conquerors, not in and of ourselves because of what the Lord has done for us. Mm. It's going to be fun, man. We get to talk about Uzzah tomorrow. Yeah, don't touch touch the presence Mm. of God. But do... Touch man, whatever man. device you use to listen to the Bible rundown and tune in tomorrow. We'll see. You.